0: in the morning when you want the news you need
1: the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news
2: so our first topic today is on the all-star game in georgia the major league baseball all-star game that is supposed to take place in atlanta Uh, Georgia has passed a voting bill that will require voter ID. It's going to limit mail-in voting. It's going to limit uh, drop boxes uh, in elections. The uh, Senate minority leader in the state of Georgia has compared the new laws to the Jim Crow era. And it has led to uh, quite a few conversations around Major League Baseball and whether or not they should pull their all-star game out of Georgia. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, has already said he would consider declining if he was offered uh, the uh, manager spot of the national League in the all-star game so should Major League Baseball pull the all-star game out of Georgia
0: oh this is a tough one I you know uh, I heard what Robert said Roberts is a black and Asian American uh, and he kind of took a stand right away um, boy that I, I mean they're gonna that's a high level because you know I there being a lot of people in Georgia are discouraging kind of this comprehensive boycott of everything, but uh, we've seen what's happened in sports and its response to issues like this and how they pulled of major events out of certain cities. So I will not be shocked at all. If they followed, uh, follow the suit, Tony Clark, the uh, players executive says players are really are very much aware of all of this. Um, uh, he says he have not had that conversation with the league about it, but, You know if you tell me what's happened in the last year or so then i won't be surprised at all if they pull it
2: yeah and i i think if there's enough players and managers that speak out against it they they won't actually do it i i am curious though if it would make a difference in the state of georgia because like as an example uh the ncaa used to not allow NCAA like postseason events to be played in the state of mississippi because the state of Mississippi's flag had the Confederate flag within it. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're not letting you guys host any events until you change your flag. And right. Mississippi didn't change the flag. It was, it was I think, 15 years or something like that. They didn't change the flag. They finally changed it last year because a football player for Mississippi State basically came out and said, I don't know if I wanna play in this state anymore until this flag is changed. And that led to Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach and members of both the Mississippi State and Ole Miss football teams going to the state capital to encourage lawmakers to change the flag. So it had to come from the the teams that that are within that state and Mississippi State and Ole Miss football are the two biggest teams in that state. So I don't know if Major League Baseball simply pulls the All-Star game out, I don't know that that changes anything in georgia until it comes from within that state
0: i agree with that overall yeah but i still think we could both see them taking it out just because like it's going to come down to their players and their player association if there's a huge pushback i don't know if they're going to fight their players on it because i think at that point it's going to be a bad look for the league like if owners fight them on this and they're saying look we we want out of here because of what's happened uh uh with the law um, and what they believe about civil rights, I don't think the league would then say, no, 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 you must go. Because a lot of them would say we're not going, like Dave Roberts, we're not going. I mean, you wanna have a bunch of players say that too? So I think the players decide this, like you said, if they come to Tony Clark and said, we're not going, then they're not having it there. Next question. Cody Glass
2: was sent to the AHL. Kelly McCrimmon told Justin Emerson that they want Glass to play in the AHL and gain some confidence. So what do you what do you make of this move is he gonna I gain know, I mean, some confidence in the ahl
0: i don't, i mean it's gonna go one way or the other listening to ben um it, again he could go down there you know with a positive attitude and, and listen to them and say yeah you know we want to get you more five on five work and this is why we're doing this but at some point much like i asked ben on the play on the golden knight side of things like do you regret taking them at some point what is his reaction going to be to continuing to be scratched or now sent to the ahl i don't know i don't know him well enough to how he's going to respond to this but it's not looking good at this point on either side um you know in terms of taking him six overall how his career has gone to this point so if you tell me he goes one way or the other i I, you know i'll believe you because i just don't know how he's going to react to this i'm sure he'll go and play hard i'm not saying he won't do that but at some point, there's got to be you know a, you know a place here with this kid in terms of what they're gonna do with him and how good he can be for them.
2: Yeah, I, it's listen, Cody Glass is still young. There's still plenty of time for Cody Glass to prove that he is a good NHL player. But I think it is fair to doubt if Cody Glass will ever be a top two center for Correct. the Golden Knights. I that's that's what when you pick a center at six overall, that's what you're expecting at some point in the future, and Cody Glass, again, he still hasn't played 82 full games uh, in the NHL. So we haven't even seen like a full season from Cody Glass. So again, it's still early on him, but it has not been nearly impressive enough for you to think Cody Glass is going to be an important player for this team in the future. It almost feels like he's going to end up being, well, He's a third-line center and not much more than that, which right. at the end of the day is is not great for the sixth overall pick. And right now, the problem for the Golden Knights is he's not helping this team win. He hasn't mm-hmm. been good enough to help this team win. And they're trying to win a Stanley Cup. So Cody Glass, like when there's no difference between Cody Glass and Tomasz Nosek and Nick Waugh and as a third-line
0: center. That's an issue.
2: Yeah, that's a problem for the guy you took sixth overall because you can yeah. find Tomasz Nosek and Nick Waugh across the league. Yeah. Man, you know, that's a great question. Roger Goodell expects to have full stadiums for the 2021 NFL season. Um, you think, so do you think we will? By the time we get to September, we'll have full stadiums?
0: I hope so. Uh, do you uh, – did he say – I saw that he said there would be full stadiums. Was there any kind of caveat to vaccinations or proving vaccines? Um, do you think they do that? Do they take that next step of if you want a full stadium – I, I assume as a as, as an organization in the lead, they can, you know, ask for the vaccine card. Could they not? Um, they get, yeah, they could. I
2: think uh, that could be what happens a lot of places, like the Miami yeah. Heat were having their vaccinated right. section. But here, here's my, like, I don't know what the actual numbers are. I just see headlines that say, as a country, right. we are vaccinating very quickly. Like, we're right. doing a good job getting a lot of people vaccinated. And so... I don't know what the expected timeline is, but if you told me that by September, seventy percent, eighty percent of the country is vaccinated, and the other twenty or thirty percent had a chance to be vaccinated and either they just and didn't do it, chose not lazy to, or something, yeah, right. then I'm open up stadiums. Like at that point, yeah. open, if if everybody in the country's got the ability to go get it. Open up stadiums, and and it might happen quicker than September because well, I mean, listen, the 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 Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals, those are going to be in July this year. We might be able to have full stadiums for that in July. I think that's not out of the question. So I I don't think Roger Goodell's overly optimistic. I think that based on how quickly we're vaccinating people, that seems like a legitimate timeline
0: well and, and that's a good point in that look there's always gonna be people who there's always going to be a, a part of the uh, population and the sexist population who don't get this right they're they're anti against the vaccination anti vaxxers so you're not going to be able to change their mind it's it's a it's a you know uh, your own your own decision whether to get it or not personal choice so yeah i think if it hits a certain level of percentage like you said then i think at some point you have to open up you're never going to change people's minds who don't want it And obviously, you know, you're open up before, before this ever happened. So maybe it's 70%. Maybe it's 80%. I don't know what the, you know, the magic number is. But at some point, they're going to open up because not everyone's getting this.
2: Yeah. And at some point, all of these leagues are going to say, listen, we're profitable because we have full stadiums. So we're going to do that as soon as we possibly can. I'm out. Uh, So uh, the count is up to 21, 21 women are uh, filing lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. There was a story in Sports Illustrated of a woman who is not one of those 21. She is not filing a lawsuit, but she told her story of a massage encounter with Deshaun Watson. Um, And one of the things that, that she said in that Sports Illustrated story that was probably the most concerning was her quote was, "The one thing that I keep thinking about, he's about to get traded to another place. What if he goes to Atlanta or California or anywhere else? He would have a whole new community of massage therapists to target. Um, that's sort of the scary part on Deshaun Watson right now because it,
0: it seems like Deshaun Watson, I, I don't doesn't sound
2: like he's playing football this year.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, how crazy t- things change in a short amount of time. And a month ago, it's like." We're not trading him and everyone's saying, hey, he's going to get traded for this and that. Let me ask you this. I mean, great player and, and I, the NFL takes on a lot of rebuilding projects and, you know, character counts until the guy can play. And then, he, you know, and then you sign him. Uh, who trades for him right now? I, yeah, I, 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 even if, Let's say the leverage. Let's say the, the, the asking price has gone way down because of this. And you're just not going to get what you were going to get for him. But d- who in the world right now, as good as he is, to say, yeah, we'll take that. On. We'll take that publicity on. We'll take him on. I mean yeah. I, I, no one would do that I wouldn't think.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think so either at this point. One, one other detail on this is the the lawyer for the women that are uh, filing these lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Uh, he yesterday on Facebook gave a explanation about how they're not going to get turn their evidence over to the Houston Police Department and then started going on and on about how the the somebody that doesn't like him works for the Houston Police Department and all this like reasoning but it was very strange like i don't understand what the lawyer of these of, of these women is doing because he's on Facebook and Instagram like every single day telling people why he is or is not doing certain things and i don't feel like that's what he's supposed to be doing
0: no he's he's been this way from the beginning though i mean in the at first when the number was low I think everyone said, "Okay, this is a publicity stunt by this guy. He's on Facebook. He's you know, he wants to be in the news. He's out there now. The number has grown to 21. So I think that narrative has flipped to, okay, something probably happened here and we might be dealing with a guy with a serious, serious uh, problem. Uh, But yeah, this lawyer the entire way, I think nobody I think people are worried about the number. And if, you know, if this happened, it's horrible. But I don't think anyone along the way has said, I really respect that attorney. Like, I, I haven't heard that from anybody. I've only heard, oh, my God, it's 21 now. This guy was completely out of control. He might be a serial, uh, uh, serial, uh, um, what the word I'm creep. looking for. Creep we'll just call a creep. him a creep. Well, he's a serial creep. But no point did I ever hear, I think the lawyers really respect it. And this just goes, we're going to ask Sam and Ash about this at 915, to where he's not going to turn the evidence over to the police. Again, that just adds another level of bizarreness in this whole in this whole uh, story. That's crafty wording
2: right there. I give you <laughs> credit. The Raiders will host the Bears for their 17th game of the season. That was officially approved uh, earlier this week. It'll be the NFC North against the AFC West is that extra game for the teams uh, in the AFC West. So we get Khalil Mack against his old team and the Raiders are fortunate enough to have an extra home game this season, which means next year they'll have, you know, an extra road game and John Gruden will complain about it.
0: Oh, 17th game, Bears-Khalil Mack, win, go to the playoffs, lose, stay home. Oh, oh. what a storyline that would be. What a yeah. storyline that would be.
2: Then they'd be in position to actually make the playoffs. That'd be great. they make the
0: play; They'd be like one of, you know, whatever 14 wild cards there are now and they can sneak in there and make a run of things, so... You kind of want that to happen. You want Khalil Mack and the Bears to be coming, and the Raiders have to win to get in.
2: Yeah, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has a strip sack fumble recovery yes. return for a touchdown <laughs> in the fourth quarter to eliminate the Raiders from the playoffs. Uh, and John Grun says, huh, I probably shouldn't have traded that guy uh, away. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into UNLV basketball. As we know, two assistant coaches for Kevin Krueger. But now is your chance to win a 2 foot sub from Porta Subs. The number 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100. We will take caller number 4 at 702-364-1100. You will win a 2 foot sub from Porta Subs.
0: 702-364-1100. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bishop.
2: Coming up at 8.30, we'll be joined by Jason Fitz, but we've got news of two assistant coach hirings for Kevin Krueger. Uh, Sam Gordon reported last night that Tim Buckley is going to remain on staff. So Buckley was a part of the Otzelberger staff the last two years. He is going to stick around at UNLV and that UNLV will be hiring Carlin Hartman, who was an assistant at Oklahoma. He and Kevin Kruger actually got hired to be an assistant at Oklahoma the same year under Lon Kruger. But now Carlin Hartman uh, will be coming to UNLV to be an assistant. So we look at assistant coaches. And to me, this offseason is all about players and what players UNLV gets in here. So... Tim Buckley, does he help help keep any of the current players around? And does Carlin Hartman bring anybody with him from Oklahoma?
0: I think more of the latter because I'm not sure who else is still around. Uh, so I don't know who <laughs> Buckley's keeping. still haven't heard about Bryce Hamilton, but I think both you and I think he'll make some sort of move here soon. Um, and after that, we haven't interesting about. I haven't heard anything about Mbake Zhang, um, which leads me to believe he's staying. But I think more so you look at. Um, uh, Carlin Hartman, he, he was he was one of the top recruiters at Oklahoma, brought a lot of foreign kids in, uh, to, you know, kind of their, their lead recruiter in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I would think that if you keep an eye on the portal, one of the Oklahoma kids are already in it. Probably more will go. It's weird that Oklahoma, I'm, I don't want to say dragging their feet, but in today's portal world, I'm a little surprised Oklahoma hasn't hired a coach. It seems to happen really fast now, although Texas hasn't either um so maybe there's some Oklahoma kids waiting to see hey who's the coach gonna be they're still in the Big 12 I mean that's a you know it's a jump down to go to Mountain West especially if you're like a starter or a six man and have played at the Big 12 level so my guess is Hartman will do more bringing players in than you know Buckley would have to worry about if look if if you're retaining players it's going to be about Kevin Kruger it's not going to be about Tim Buckley so those on the team right now they're staying because of Kevin Kruger if they want to stay
2: Yeah, It it is interesting that Texas and and Oklahoma are still open and they haven't finalized that because like we I mean, we saw it with with Iowa State and their athletic director who came out and said, like, this is going to be a quick search because we need to have a quick search because we need to get some players in here. And then UNLV loses their coach and follows it up with like three days later hiring a coach so it is a little strange on on the oklahoma side so their roster right now they've got two guys in the transfer portal already they were guys that came off the bench but didn't really play a whole lot for them last year their best player though austin reeves has uh declared for the nba draft um so he Mm -hmm. granted you can declare and still come back so he could still come back to college but that's really the only roster news out of oklahoma so far nobody else has gone to the portal. Nobody else has declared for the draft. It's just those three that have done anything. So maybe that's good news for Oklahoma that they can keep a lot of their roster around for next season. But, you know, I, I would imagine if you're a player, you're going to see who they hire before you make a, a significant yeah. decision. That's that's basically what happened at UNLV. Almost all the players here were Nobody went into the transfer portal until Kevin Kruger got the job. And then once Kruger got the job, it jumped up to seven in just a matter of days. So it it might be if you're, you know, Carlin Hartman's coming over, if there's players coming with him, or if he's able to, you know, convince players to go in the portal to come to UNLV, it might take a little while for that to actually happen just because you're, if you're, I mean, if, if I was at Oklahoma, I'd be waiting to see who they hire and say, okay, cool. Like, I like this coach. I want to stick around and play in the Big 12 or oh, no, this guy hates me, so I better go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I'd wait. Um, it's still the Big 12. You're still at a huge school in Oklahoma, and you, you're treated re- really well. Not that you wouldn't be at Mountain West, but, again, we go to Power 5, non-Power 5, and what that means in, in a kid's life in terms on a daily basis. So I, I you can always – if you're at Oklahoma and you can play it all, if you go in the portal, you're going to get a new home. So, I you know, you're exactly right. The rushing on it makes no sense unless you just – you want to leave. Or, again – that, you know, you want to go wherever, uh, wherever um, Carlin Hartman went. I mean, maybe you have a relationship with him. He recruited you. That's your guy. You know, maybe you jump into the portal and say, okay, he's going to UNLV. Let me look at that and, and maybe follow him. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're going to get players. They're going to get players out of the portal. Uh, I think that's why everyone's watching the portal on a daily basis when it comes to UNLV, who they're chasing, you um, I know you've written a lot about it on your website. I mean, you know, and it, it's you know, it's kind of cool. I mean, you kind of write about a lot of a bunch of guys, see how they would fit. They're not going to get all of them. Maybe they get none of them. Uh, but I do think I'll be I'll leave it at this. I'll be shocked if they don't get some names from Oklahoma to come over with him. So Kevin Kruger has one more spot open um, as far as like true right.
2: assistant coaches. You can have three assistants, and then like you can hire a special assistant to the head coach. Oh, yeah. that doesn't yeah. count as that, but they're not technically allowed to be in coaching roles like they're not supposed to be on the court coaching guys type situation so i'm I'm curious is there a type of assistant coach that you think kevin kruger should hire as his third guy because you have like tim buckley has been a college basketball coach since like the mid 80s or something right like that right and he was a head coach at Ball State for a while. He was a head coach at a smaller school that I can't remember for a few years. But he's been mainly a college basketball assistant coach for, you know, a few decades now. And then you have Carlin Hartman, who's also been a pretty much lifetime college basketball assistant coach. Like, is there any level of, hey, he needs to get a young guy that's a great recruiter? Or, hey, he needs to get a former head coach? Or does his dad fill that without officially filling that? Like, is there a type of assistant coach you want to see him get?
0: Uh, Well, it's funny you say that because a lot of staffs are made up the same way. And you're right. It's recruiters versus coaches. Um, And in today's world, if you're confident as a coach, uh, I I would get the recruiter because if you don't get players, then it doesn't matter how good coach you are. You need to get guys who can get guys. with you talk about Buckley and now Lon uh, Krueger moving back home, I think he'll be okay in the sense of if he needs sounding boards, whether it's someone on his staff or just his father at any given time, he can go to them and say, what do you think about this? You know, and, and kind of lean on their experience. If I'm him, uh, and obviously Carlin Hartman's a, you know, good recruiter. He's recruited a lot of those guys at Oklahoma. I'd go get another young recruiter. I, I you have to get players at that level. Even Lon Kruger said that the day or two after Kevin got hired, it might have been in Sam Gordon's story. He was very honest. He goes, he needs better players. Yeah, it was. I, he said it. I mean, it was. So it's like, look, this is his dad saying he needs better players. Well, then you better go get guys who can get you players. So if you're asking me what I would do if I were him, because you have Buckley, you have Lon to kind of lean on for the experience, I would go to get the best recruiter I can find. I, I would go get a guy who has connections, whether it's abroad, whether it's, you know, in the States and AAU connections, and I'd get the absolute best recruiter I could find.
2: I'd be curious to see if there is a fired head coach or an assistant coach looking for another job that could potentially bring a really good transfer with him. Because I think you look at a lot of the names UNLV's chasing in the transfer portal, they usually have better offers than UNLV. There's better schools that are after them than UNLV. So it's going to be hard to get a player to come to UNLV as opposed to going to, you know, a big 10 or big 12 or sec school or something like that. So I'm, I'm curious if there's a fired head coach or an assistant coach out there that, Hey, if you hire him, there's a really good chance he brings a player with him. Because if I'm Kevin Kruger, I'm not thinking about like a long-term fix. I'm trying to be really good next season. Like I'm trying to get players in so I can compete next season because that's certainly possible in college basketball now. So if that if that type of coach exists, I'd go for it. Because we talk about turnover with players. There's turnover with coaches too. Assistant coaches come and go all the time. And you can bring in a guy as for one or two years, he gives you a player, and then he might be gone anyway. So you don't necessarily have to have a long-term assistant coach plan. You can go short-term there too.
0: The first call I would make, if I haven't already made it from Kevin Kruger, is to USC and ask assistant coach Eric Mobley if he has two more sons. Because if he has like an eighth and ninth grader or something like that and kids who are like making decisions, I'd say, Eric, your other guys are gone. Why stay at SC? You can come down to beautiful Las Vegas. We'll get you a spot here and bring your other two sons to meet. Now that's what I would do first. Does Eric Mobley have any more kids?
2: And we will never schedule Gonzaga so you don't (laughs) have to sit through that again. Exactly. There you go. All right. Coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show.
0: Aaron Rodgers is unimpressed with him, but we aren't. It's time for our weekly visit with the ESPN's Jason Fitz.
2: Jason, how are you this morning? Hey, Jason, Man, I'm doing I'm
1: doing great. How are y'all doing? We're good and we're ready to run Colton Miller. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, nobody's doing as well as Colton Miller. look. look. The the funniest thing is this is the one not that you guys have asked me a question yet I'm just going to hijack the whole thing but the funniest thing is the the one of the first draft shows I did with uh, digitally with ESPN and you know I've been lucky enough to do those every year and I'm sitting there with Michael Jr. And Mina Kimes and Dominique and you know I had a bunch of Raiders swag that year like so I, I bought like hats and shirts and so every time the Raiders were on the clock. Here I am putting on my hat and shirt, getting ready, and then the pick was traded. So I go do it again. The pick was traded. Like everybody's <laughs> laughing at me. Well, when Colton Miller was picked, Mike, who was you know assigned to be our offensive line expert, was like you know he he chuckled and he looked over and he's like, man, you guys traded a bunch and then you pick somebody that's kind of a project. Like may turn out to be good, but we don't know. You didn't get the sure thing. So every time something works out for Colton. It gives me immediate ammunition to Mike. So yesterday when the news broke, the first person I text was a picture of it to Mike and said, how's that project working out? It seems like they got that one figured out. So as long as we don't acknowledge anything else that's happened on the offensive line this offseason, I feel like we can talk back.
2: So I'm curious, what do, you, what do you think of the timing considering they have him under contract this year and they have the fifth-year rookie option for next season as well, but they went ahead and gave him a three-year extension?
1: Well, there's a couple of things to that. Obviously, we'll, we'll tie it into everything that just happened with the offensive line. I think you know you could also easily tie it into anytime you see a team uh, renewing somebody's contract that was a first-round draft pick, especially before the draft. They're trying to end some of the conversation about the way the draft is going. But I'll also say this: the way contracts work today, if you got a guy and you know you got your guy, the sooner you get him signed, the better, because. The values are going up at such an alarming rate. And we all know that the, the salary cap is going to go up in a couple of years because of the TV deal. So rewarding somebody early with an uncomfortable contract really isn't bad business because in two or three years, that contract's typically outdated anyway, but it's still a lot of money for somebody that was spectacular last year and we're all rooting for it to be spectacular again. But man, that, that's, that's a big, that's a big bet. Are you? We
0: talked about this earlier because they they obviously uh, moved on from offensive linemen who made a lot of money and they broomed a lot of guys and just got rid of them for the cap space. And Tyler and I were saying like, okay, that's fine if you want to do that. But then we just assume the next move would be like, we're doing this because we know we need a free safety. We know we might need corner help. And yet that's the opposite of what they did. And I know there's still guys out there at spots probably for on one year deals. But anyone they get now is going to have some kind of baggage issue, health problems, I would think. So how much has this surprised you where they got a lot of rid of a lot of money, but they didn't go to a place where we kind of thought they should?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point, by the way. And that speaks to the the prioritizing of spending, because, frankly, anybody they get in now is likely just going to be a stopgap, right? So uh, that means that this issue, even, you know, it's like when you know you've got a plumbing issue in your house and you find a temporary fix to it, like, you might be able to sleep okay for a little while, but it doesn't change the fact that you've still got to have something either in the pipeline or something you can rely on for the next few years. And they weren't able to find that. Now, I don't want them to throw, you know, good money at at mediocre players. So I I don't, I appreciate it. They look around the landscape and say, Hey, that guy just isn't here right now. But man, this team has some very serious and very obvious needs at this point. So, you know, and I don't think you can, you can undersell, how important it is to address the defensive needs when you play in this division. I mean, you're still gonna have to play Mahomes last time I checked, and you're still gonna have to play a Justin Herbert, That it was only one year, but in that one year it looked very good. And LA constantly has a lot of talent on their roster. The problem is they haven't had great coaching. Well, they think they've taken care of that. So, you know, like I always say in the offseason, if you apply benefit of the doubt to all the teams in the division the same way it's pretty easy to find how the Chargers are going to be an explosive offense that's going to give people a lot of headaches. Is this defense more qualified to take care of that today? I don't think so.
2: Uh, We're going to get a 17th game in the NFL. The Raiders are going to play the Bears. What's the better rivalry, Khalil Mack and John Gruden or Jason Fitz and Sarah Spain?
1: Uh, Well, definitely me and Sarah. There's (laughs) way more alcohol involved than ours. I mean, it it, it took seconds. (laughs) seconds and and we're not even like not even kidding like we we've been talking a lot about it and she and I have said for a long time we wanted to find a game that we could do something together with where we maybe go into a city on a Friday and do a show on Friday and then hang around around the experience so I hadn't even seen the announcement before I got the uh, text from Sarah saying it's on so you know I, I feel like we're gonna there's gonna be some some massive trash talking we're gonna try and come out to Vegas and do something for the show around that but uh, you know, Khalil and, and Gruden may have to keep it somewhat professional. Sarah and I actually do the exact <laughs> opposite. So our trash talking is going to be better and our alcohol consumption will make it more fun.
0: I've got to ask you, cause I know we've, uh, we go mostly Raiders here, but with your Vegas ties, uh, we were talking earlier. Okay. One, who's the best college basketball team you've ever seen. And obviously in Vegas, people are going to say, you know, go back to the rebels and yet they didn't finish it out. They didn't close it out. So, can you compare those two teams? And is this the best college team? Is it '96 Kentucky? Who's the best college team you've ever seen?
1: Yeah, I think Kentucky's probably at the top, but for sentimental reasons, I mean, for me growing up in Vegas, like that that national championship team. I've said this before. I have one VHS tape in my house It says one hundred three seventy three on the side it's from you know Duke uh, getting their butt kicked in the national championship game. But I remember where I was the next year for that UNLV team that I was so confident was going to repeat. And then, you know, like so many of us, uh, we, we watched that defeat happen. And uh, I cried like a little kid. I was a little kid. And I still hate Duke today because of it. So <laughs> I've got so much allegiance to to UNLV. It's hard for me not to say that team. And uh, fun fun uh, fact, a few years later, well, many years later, it's a few years ago, we were on the road and we had a day off with the band in Boise. And on the day off, our hotel was right by where Boise State plays basketball. So I was like, I'm just going to go watch college basketball again. And it happened to be the game where UNLV was playing, Boise, and it was when Stacey Ogwin was one of the bench coaches. And so I I bought tickets, you know, at the window, surprising, in Boise State, pretty easy to get. And uh, so I ended up, like, three rows behind the bench, and I sat there the whole time, like, just fangirling Stacey Ogwin, like, thinking, <laughs> okay, do I get a picture? Do I not get a picture? Didn't get a picture. Still regret it to this day. So I, I still have to say, for sentimental reasons, that UNLV team, like, that, that hits me harder.
0: Is this the weird game I was there where there might have been a last second shot and weird Leon Rice did the kneel in front of Dave Rice and pumped his fist? Yeah. At the end? Yep.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was weird. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was Great weird. Ending. Great ending.
2: I, I need to know, <laughs> Jason, what did you say to yourself to psych yourself out of asking for a picture?
1: Oh, the easiest phrase you always hear is, don't be that guy, right? I was like, don't be that guy. Like, I, to, to, to give you the idea of psyching out, it's not really particularly great security. I had spotted where I could have just like hung outside the locker room doors and waited until they came out. And i been like, who's going to ask Stacey for a selfie? And, uh, and I didn't do it. And then, you know, as I left the arena, I was like, oh, man, I see where they're leaving the arena. Like, ah, maybe I'll wait here. No, I was like, don't be that guy. Like, it, there's just no way. Stacey Ogman was going to walk out after that game, look at me, and be like, why are you bothering me? So I chose not to do it. In the back of my mind, too, this is the other thing we do in negotiation. Like, what if I ever become a friend someday with somebody that knows Stacey Ogman? And then he looks at me and he's like, oh, yeah, you were that really weird guy that waited outside the Boise arena. Like, I can't have that on my conscience. Not, you know, realizing here I sit all these years later and still know, but like, Stacey and I aren't still buddies.
2: Oh. So who who is uh who would have been more disappointed than you? Stacy or Aaron Rodgers? Oh,
1: Aaron rodgers Rodgers just disappointed And that like I as I look back on it now, I think Stacy would have been like, Oh man, that's cool and taken the picture. Never thought of it again. That's why I should have done it. Like, you know, Aaron uh, Aaron, Aaron no, Aaron not cool. Stacy Rogers Stacy Ogwin's very cool. And by the way, I was always this Stacy Ogwin guy. This is like a, a flaw for me as a personality. I'm the other guy guy. Like I, I, Larry Johnson did not do it for me. Like I followed Stacey Ogman all the way into the NBA. Like I was a Stacy Ogman fan. Like if you really have to ask me to pick a favorite bull from that era, like I wasn't really a Bulls fan, but I would have taken Scotty Pippen over Michael because like Michael got too much shine. Like I liked Kobe more than I like Shaq. Like I like Axel or I like Slash more than I like Axel. I like Richie Sambora more than I like John Bon Jovi. Like I got a complex here with the other guy and Stacey Ogman is right on that list.
0: Did you ever, afterwards, when they went to the pros, or ever, ever hold any kind of respect for any of those Duke players?
1: Oh no 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 no! Like I, <laughs> I, I actively root for Duke to lose at everything, and for anybody that's <laughs> ever been affiliated with Duke to lose at everything. So, and it's tough because like Jay will and I are friends at this point. <laughs> And, you know, the number of times I've had to apologize to him because I'm like, hey, man, I've said some pretty terrible things about you, uh, you know, and, and now we're buddies. But, you know, Junior and I covered the uh, Zion shoe blowout game. We got to go to Duke and the whole time people are like, oh, you get to hang out with Cameron crazy. And the, I'm walking around saying I'm not that impressed. Nah, yeah, do it for me. <laughs> do. Eh. Uh,
2: you said you cried like a little kid because you were a little kid. How many adults cried like a little kid after you and LB lost to Duke? Oh.
1: Oh, the number of them that had money on it probably still crying to this <laughs> day. I mean, that, that was that was terrible. And and but you're right. Like it, it was funny for me. I think so much of my identity at that point around Vegas uh, came from UNLV. That's one of the things that I think is really lost. Uh, you know, and I was I was uh, texting with Gutierrez the other day uh, about some of this, and it's like I think one of the things that's lost about Vegas is that UNLV in that era wasn't just a basketball team. Like that that was. The great representation of Vegas. It mm-hmm. felt like as a kid that it, you didn't understand this, like nobody understood Vegas, but UNLV gave us the opportunity for everybody to have to accept the city. As weird as that sounds, like I remember when I moved from the West Coast to the East Coast as a kid, the number of other kids that just presumed since I came from Vegas, even though I was a little kid, it meant that I knew how to play you know blackjack and I understand roulette and all these things like everybody had such a weird concept of you know i must be a mob family like everybody had these dumb concepts about vegas in the late 80s and early 90s and unlv was the one that sort of said you know up here we don't care what you think like we're going to go out and be better than you and we're going to do it with more flair than you and we're going to represent the city and i think that's why like there's such a love relationship between that era of unlv and and vegas and it's also one of the most unfortunate parts about unlv's inability to come back and recapture any of that
0: were you surprised? Are you happy? Or are you going to wait and see on Kevin Krueger? Uh, uh,
1: I mean, like, <laughs> college sports are, I mean, uh, and, and this is I, I want to be wrong. I want it to be absolutely epic and huge. But college sports are defined by their coaches. Like, that just doesn't matter whether it's college basketball or college football. Like, it's the easiest thing in the world to say that if your coach is a rock star, your program has some level of, Of national attention, like whether we, uh, what no matter what happens at this point, like Porter Moser, for example, has become a rock star. So if he takes a job somewhere other than uh, Chicago, loyal to Chicago, then there will be coverage that follows him wherever he goes. Shaka Smart didn't even win an NCAA tournament game in Texas, but he's still such a rock star from the moments that he went through getting there. That he takes a new job and people are like, "Oh, this is going to be a better fit." Like, there's there's national conversation that comes from rock star status as a coaching hire, and you know they didn't hire a rock star. And you know Vegas isn't that much different than Nashville. I always said that one of the biggest problems the Titans had for years is they didn't have stars on the team. And when you're in a city full of people that either work with famous people, are famous people, think they should be famous, used to be famous, they want famous athletes and coaches to root for. So. You know, you look at the Titans and their trajectory, the love of that team has changed with the city with Vrabel as a coach because he's kind of a rock star. Like, Vegas is no different than that. When you're dealing with a, a city full of incredibly famous people, you got to find a Gruden-type personality that will resonate with the city and make them talk about a team. And that I don't think UNLV did that. I hope he turns out to be an incredible coach, and that makes up for all of it. But I can't help but watch Jawan Howard at Michigan and say, man, when that goes right, that goes really right. Doesn't mean it yeah, hasn't worked for Penny at Memphis yet, but you know you got to look at some of this and say, "Hey, did they get somebody that's a conversation starter?" Because that's every bit as important as what you do on the court in the beginning.
2: Well, he is Jason Fitz from ESPN. Uh, Jason, the next time you see Stacy, take a picture with
1: him.
0: Yeah, darn uh, it.
1: yeah, my God, no! I'm like I'm, in my mind. The next time I see Stacy, we exchange numbers, we become pros, and all of a sudden, <laughs> man, We're laughing about the story. You know, having a cigar somewhere. Like that's the way it plays out in my mind.
2: Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jason.
0: Take yeah, care of yeah. yourself, brother.
2: Oh, poor right. Jason. Poor Jason. I remember. Do good. you remember
0: that when Leon Rice went to one knee and like? T- oh, uh, it's did the terrific fist? video. Oh, terrific video. God.
2: It's incredible. Oh. It's the best celebration ever. Coach, yeah. right in front of coach. Phenomenal. Yeah, that was awesome. All right. We need a new Sharp. Stop betting against Gonzaga, you fools. So we need a new one. 702-364-1100 is the number. It's your chance to go on a streak. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We need a new Sharp at 702-364-1100.
0: It's time to find the sharp brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
2: All right, you guys got to stop betting against uh, Gonzaga. They keep crushing everybody in uh, Find the Sharp. Today, we've got Matt. Matt, where would you like to go for your pick today? I would
1: like to take the Flyers over the Sabres
2: all no. right good job good we job. we will take it we will take it the flyers over the sabers uh you're in you are in and we will talk to you tomorrow that i feel very confident yeah. saying that good
0: job matt Sounds
2: yeah, good all right
0: <laughs> the the good part about matt is just like the other day instead of 3-0 the sabers will go up 6-0 and still lose the game so i think matt's <laughs> coming back tomorrow <laughs> matt will come back tomorrow
2: oh the sabers what a team what a team
0: that's what you get for signing cody egan in the off season. I don't think Is exactly. there any chance, any chance, if we were the press box, you, I, and Jared, live from Buffalo, that we could remain positive about the Sabres?
2: No, no. And nobody should either. I mean, listen, you're going to be that bad. What are you doing over there? You kidding me? Well, first off, you signed Cody Eakin in the offseason. <laughs> and then, like, my God, that, it would have been over from that point for this show. You yeah. bring in that guy? Yeah. Oh, Forget my God, about it. what are you doing? Forget about it. What are you doing in the offseason? That'd be a stretch Um, for us. I have have bad news for me, but good news for both of you as far as our Champions League lunch bet goes, because um, I have Bayern Munich, Ed has Manchester City, Jared has the field. There are eight teams left in the Champions League. Uh, But Robert Lewandowski, the leading scorer for Bayern Munich, he is going to be out for the next four weeks, which means he's going to miss both Champions League games for Bayern Munich against PSG. Uh, they play next week and then the week after that. So, not great. Bayern Munich got a crappy draw, having to play PSG in the quarterfinals,
0: and now they're going to be without uh, one of their best players. Jared, Jared, yep. do we have a drop? Do we have a drop that starts with excuses? Can you drop that one in? Drop I, that in. I, I'm not I making excuses. I, I am just, I am just giving you the stating information. fact. You're stating fact,
2: just <laughs> giving you the information. I have not made any excuses. I still expect Bayern Munich to beat PSG. Okay, I, they, they should yeah. still win. That's still my expectation here. I'm just, I'm yeah. just stating facts that it's some unfortunate, uh, unfortunate news for me.
1: Cocaine isn't right. cheap. <laughs> it's about the closest I got. Okay. as far okay. right. as a drop
2: that's strange now right. that's on, <laughs> I don't know
0: what that meant
2: <laughs> now for uh local it soccer it. lights fc's schedule is out uh they're gonna play their yes, first four yes. games on the road they're actually gonna have friday home games this year but i'm a little more curious who's gonna be lights fc's jersey sponsor this year because zappos alan snell had a story uh, a couple months ago about zappos basically backing out because like hey lights fc isn't playing any games at the moment and zappos had backed out and zappos has been the primary shirt sponsor for lights fc so i'm curious who is it going to be now and should it be mm-hmm. us
0: we could do that the problem would be well i'm trying to think what would lashberg pay us well we're we'd we're, be paying we're, him we're, but i mean <laughs> what what do we paying? What are we? well no no i i think in this instance he'd have to pay us um you know, reverse psychology there on how these sponsorship deals work. So, what can he pay us? Uh, it wouldn't be money. Um, I don't know. I, I don't if it if it, if it's a regular sponsorship deal. I don't know what we could scrape together. So
2: I I asked him yesterday how much would it cost for us to sponsor the yes. back of the shorts, not the jersey. Oh, but they okay. Have, All right. They have a sponsor on the back of the shorts, like on the leg, and he okay. just said everything is negotiable. Make an offer. Oh wow!
0: That leaves it o- that leaves it open it does, for us. That
2: does leave it what? open. So, do you think we should take
0: like Jared's last seventeen dollars and and see if that works? You, we could make that offer. Maybe you and I could Venmo in Lashbrook like ten bucks each. You, like send him ten bucks each on Venmo, and if he accepts, then he's got to take us because he's already accepted our money. That way, he can't say no if we Venmo it to him um he contractually (laughs) obligated at that point if we Venmo the money he's contractually obligated because he's not going to send it back he's going to like it's been deposited into his account so at that point if he if he tries to like you know screw this we'll call Sam and Ash and you know it won't be good for him so uh yes that would be nice to get the back of the shorts we're not going to get the we're not going to get the uh the jersey that's too much but back of the shorts with the press box logo on it I wonder if he'd do that like just one week And have, like, a special game for us. Well, last year
2: they were supposed to have a New Jersey every home game. He he still won't tell us what the hell his jersey plan is this year. So if they're doing a New Jersey every home game again, then absolutely we
0: got to get on one of them. I mean, I don't know if he's – heard from LA who you know obviously they're doing the jersey and the players out there I mean Brett might not even know what the jerseys are until his team gets here on the plane from LA or the bus or wherever they're getting here and they get off the bus and they're like oh that's what our jerseys look like I I think the jerseys are the one thing he retained power of he doesn't he
2: doesn't have power of the roster anymore or the coaches but the one thing he retained power of is the jerseys damn it those are gonna look like Brett Lashbrook's team
0: could we ever sponsor the scarf
2: I don't think those have sponsors.